Well, uh, this weekend wasn't what we were all hoping for, but I'm going to make a really strong argument as we go through this. I, I think there was one key part of this match that sort of unraveled it for Orange County. We'll get into that and we'll look ahead to what's going on in the future here for the team. Uh, let's get this thing started. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, who's helping me out this week? We've got the original, Mr. Dylan uh, from Canline Coalition. If we, I, I forgot, are we still saying that, Dylan? Yeah. It- it feels. Are we weird. legally allowed to say that with with how many appearances you're making at uh, with CLC? You know, I'm I'm just going to remind everyone that I've been to two games this year and we won both of those games. So, on to the next person. On to the next person. The other person I think has a pretty good record when uh, he's attending games, especially this season. And that's Mr. Brad from Vegas. How are we doing, Brad? Right into the Brad things, right to start this episode. I love it. Uh, we never missed a beat. I'm doing quite decently. Uh, set up a nice little little area for me. Got my scarves on the wall. Nice looking at stuff. I know it's it's your 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 studio is starting to take shape. Um, you know, I got a great group of supporters behind me whenever I do the podcast. Uh, or sometimes it's at the beach. Sometimes it's in a murky Star Wars land. Dylan's got patches on the wall it looks like <laughs> they're not mine they're from the last person that lived here i'm i'm guessing their tv was here based on the uh the approximate the distance between patches there we go and uh, welcome to everyone that's uh tuning in live i know there's not many of you right now we didn't really give much of a notice that we're doing a show tonight because i didn't know if we were gonna get the numbers uh, but we did we got the three of us here and we got a match to talk about coming off a nice run of form for orange county and also rgv on a nice run of form um, orange county made the trip out to uh the southern tip of texas a match got delayed apparently there were some flight logistic issues um i don't have any confirmation from anyone that I've spoken with the club, but word is that there were uh, multiple delays or, or a long delay at the airport and, and eventually a flight was canceled. Um, and thus uh, they were sitting at an airport all day pretty much. And then, Hey, no, you're going to have to fly out tomorrow or something like that. Who knows? Um, which obviously is going to ruin anyone's, uh, you know, readiness for a match. Right, Dylan? It's not great, um, as anyone who's probably aware, airports are not a fun place to be, and they're not a great place to be if you're trying to, you know, take care of yourself or um, not drink $17 beers. Now, I imagine players probably weren't doing that, but there's only so much Netflix, and your AirPod batteries can only last so long. 
and you they were probably drinking seventeen dollar Gatorades from the airport gift shop. Yeah, and and at the end of all of this, they had a a journey to Texas to look forward to, and that's no disrespect to Edson or anyone from Texas who I know are uh, are listening and, and watching along, but um, I mean, my God, imagine trading our weather for this right now. <laughs> um, Brad, what do you think goes? Uh, through the mind of a player as they're sitting there at the airport ready to fly out. Obviously you already know it's not the easiest flight to make to get to that Southern, very far Southern part of Texas. It's not a major airport right there. Um, You can either fly in. I I forget what major cities nearby, but I'm pretty much uh, you only have a few options and probably a few flights you can get there. Um, You get stuck at the airport, you get stuck at the airport, you get delayed overnight. Um, What do you think goes through the mind of a player, a coach, Hey, heck, even traveling fans that were trying to make that trip with the team, if they potentially did, I don't know. I mean, I think you answered it yourself. Unfortunately speaking, it's it's airports. Nobody goes to an airport anymore since like, you know, 2001. And I think we all know why and think, man, this is the life of luxury here. And if you do, I want your uh, salary so I can I can enjoy that. Uh life of luxury myself. So we, we look at this match. So unfortunately there's the travel issues uh, per our producer. The the word is that they flew out at 4 a.m. on the Saturday. Um, so thus they weren't going to play the match. Luckily the league postponed it a day. I, I know that sort of sucks for the RGV fans that wanted to watch a match on Saturday night, or even the Orange County fans that were planning uh, to watch the match uh, at their local watering station or home or friend's house or whatever we would call it. I love both of your faces. When I said watering station, you're like, what the heck? Um, but, uh, you know, in the end, the match gets played 24 hours uh, delayed. Uh, and Orange County actually didn't look bad for all of that travel delay and the issues to get out there. They actually looked decent. Both teams, I think, were sort of, you know, treading lightly and just trying to figure out stuff. There were some opportunities for both teams here and there. and. Um, you go into halftime, nil-nil, um, right? Uh, or am I wrong? I can't remember now. I believe that's what mm-hmm. it was. Uh, and then second half, Orange County actually is the the more aggressive team. Uh, they look like they were ready to pounce and score a goal or two. Uh, and then one no call. I'm going to say this. One no call unraveled everything for Orange County. Uh, and the no call I'm talking about is when Colin Shuttler uh, goes up for the ball. Um, yes, he was sort of climbing or going over an RGB player. But if you watch the replay, the RGB player knows what's going on and sort of sticks his shoulder and his elbow out to the side and gives Shuttler a little knock. Luckily, the ball doesn't go into the net in that because of an awesome diving foot save by uh, Marcus Nakim. Um, but um, from that point on, it's, it's I believe, a corner or two and RGB's on the board. And it just sort of takes what Orange County had built in that second half, the first like five, 10 minutes of the second half, and just unravels it Dylan uh, am I being too harsh when I say that one or am I being too critical on one play in this match that unravels it for Orange County uh, I, I get there's things like the heat and the humidity that play into that but when you're like close 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 and then one no call goes your way was, am, am I being bad or is that a, a observation that you can agree with uh, I think RGV is the kind of place where one call doesn't necessarily go your way and it can fall apart I mean one goal and then it does fall apart for you because you do have to start pushing. We're historically very bad in uh, the south of Texas. Actually, we're not great in Texas at all. Um, 
I will, however, see that it's it's a weird one. He's not really trying to play the ball, um, but he does do a good job of getting between uh, the ball and Shuttler. So it's it's a weird one. Uh, if he jumps, it's probably a foul uh, on Shuttler, and we get a free kick. He doesn't jump, and I mean he he also has a right to play the ball. I'm not a huge fan of goalkeepers just having free reign in the 18. Um, it wasn't like egregious or anything. It wasn't incredibly dangerous. Uh, Shuttler just needs to get his hands on it, and I think he gets a little bit unlucky here. But the, the, the argument I'll make for you, Dylan, is Shuttler did get his hands on it before any contact was made. He needed um, to get more of his hands on it. There he had both hands on it, Dylan, and then he gets a, a shoulder and a, a upper arm to the gut. Um, Brad, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with me or are you more on Dylan's side, whereas it's a questionable that a call needs to be made there? I think there was a lot of questionable calls this game. Um, and I'll agree see i would have liked for that to be called you know protect the keeper and i feel like nine times out of ten they will protect the keeper uh this is one of those chances where yes but also there are some other calls in the game that the ref didn't call that i'm kind of uh questioning myself as well like what give some examples i mean uh the the no call with uh, the goal. I really thought that the ball probably passed the line there. Um, and I, I bet you a lot of people at RGV agree or, you know, at least talking to his uh, assistant judge um, and allowing the big game to go on there is whatever, but I just don't think it was the referee's best outing. And, and I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of that when you talk about there's that's the goal you're talking about there, Brad, the one that you thought crossed yeah. or I, I, I think if you look at Colin Shuttler, he's right where he needs to be. And remember, the rule is the fool of the ball needs to cross the line. Mm -hmm. So if even one centimeter, one millimeter of that ball is not across the line, it's not technically or it's not a goal. Um, but uh, again, I, I felt like in this match. It's. In the end, maybe deserving a 1-1 one -one draw. Both teams were playing pretty good. There, there was a good battle up until this moment right here. Um, Shuttler had his hands on it when the contact is made. Um, and you even watch him on, on this. I remember watching on the match. He, you know, he's down. And then when the ref comes by, he looks at the ref and he asks, like, no call. And look at You could see the little nudge. And I think it's Lopez. He knows exactly what he's doing there. He gets that little nudge on Colin's sort of stomach area. Um, right as Colin's going to the ball and um, he, you, you, you can obviously see that he's just trying to get a little bit of contact on there just to throw Shuttler off. And that's what causes it. And yeah, it didn't lead to a goal. It gets a good save. And then a, a following save by Shuttler on the, on the post. And then on the last or the, the third or second corner, whatever order it was, is where we get the goal from there. And I think at that point, this right here is the moment that all the energy was sucked out of Orange County. Uh, and uh, from this point on, I sort of, you sort of knew, you know, with what they're facing, with the delayed travel, the humidity uh, in Texas, um, you know, that that was the moment there that it's like going to be very difficult and pretty much nearly impossible to recover from. Dylan, um, 
Any additional thoughts on this match? I I'm feel like I'm lacking. I'm a little bit confused as to why we didn't have somebody on the far post. Uh, I think this goal doesn't this first goal doesn't get scored if there is somebody on this first post. Um, but in more positive things, um, Tyler Derrick sucks. And in really positive things, uh, Owen Lamb's dribble. I don't know how much of it was like intentional, but he made several really great touches in a row. Played a great one too with McNulty, and McNulty I think was unlucky to not score in that situation. Um, we put that away. And we're talking about something entirely different because I think at that point, RGV's got to got to they have to try so hard to score. We probably have a a lot of confidence from there after all of this nightmare of getting to Texas and having to play. If we're up one nil in this situation, I think we come away with it. Um, so I think this is an unlucky result. Uh, I think the scoreline is a little bit unlucky as it tends to be in RGV where we concede a goal and we, we push a little bit harder and it just leaves us a little more open, a little bit more tired. Um, tails all this time, unfortunately. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue and say that, you know, Orange County played amazing. They had multiple opportunities where they should have probably put the ball in the back of the net. Um, Dylan talked about the Owen Lamb dribbling through all of RGV's defense, um, and somehow there's no goal scored there. There's also the opportunity, um, I believe, with the cross. Uh, I can't remember who set the cross uh, through, but uh, Ashish um, heads it right over the post. There's a a nice shot that comes at the top of the box from, I believe it was Kyle Scott. Um, multiple opportunities for Orange County to score a goal. Uh, they just could not get the, um, the ball into the back of the net. And, and I think, again, part of what was going on is, is if – that first goal is not conceded. And again, I, I am, I'm going to tell you right now, and I apologize if people have a problem with this. I, I think the no call uh, when Colin Shuttler gets taken down going for that ball, um, that's where the air sort of goes out of the balloon and, and Orange County is done for. Uh, we see the goal scores and then a second goal scores, Orange County struggling. Uh, but um, yeah, o Orange County definitely had their opportunities. And I, I'm not going to say it's all, uh, you know, because of the ref, Orange County had opportunities to to own it and uh, be in control of their destiny and their victory, and they just couldn't do it. Brad? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, Orange County should have scored first. Um, and obviously you could tell the team wasn't at their A game there, but they're better than that. We all know that they're better than that. And Oh, it's a really hard one to take away at the end of the day. Um, but it's Rio Grande Valley played the better game, in my opinion. Um, Orange County definitely looked a little jet lagged. Huh? Um, I don't really know what else I need to add on to that, though, unfortunately. There we go. Last words. Any last thoughts from you, Dylan, on this match? No? You you're just like nope. Don't want to say anything. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be nope, done with I, it. I thought you would you would just keep talking. So I. You want me to just keep talking? I. That's that's very I've rare that Dylan wants me to keep talking. I've made a very big mistake, and I would like to apologize to our listeners. Um. So with that match, I believe uh, I'm gonna let Brad take over this next portion of it. We got the the score prediction standings after that match. Brad, go for it. What what happened? Yeah, I don't know if uh, producer Andy was able to add the other graphic I gave him, um, but we 
nobody got a correct prediction this week, and it was actually quite interesting to see just the whole screen of everyone's names with their score predictions, and like everyone tried so hard. Everybody picked a victory, and there were no points given out this week. No points given out, so it's all just sort of staying flat where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, uh, Dylan, you're not doing too well, but I think that goes to you're not submitting your your um, scores as much. I don't know, unless you've you've corrected that. I I might have. I might have kind of forgotten about it. I, I was like, oh, I forgot about it on Saturday. I was like, oh, great. It's been delayed. Cool. I can go see the game. And no, that did not work out. Uh, and I completely forgot about it until it was an hour before kickoff. So whoops. But I'm glad. Uh, thank you, everyone, for getting it wrong. I'm I'm holding pace. There we go. Um and uh, as a result of this match, too, if you didn't watch or listen last to last week's episode, uh, we did make sort of a friendly bet with uh, Edson Ochoa from Down in the Valley uh, that the losing side would donate to a charity of the choice of the winning side. So we will be donating. Uh, it looks like the choice that Edson made for the donation is the uh, food bank RGV. Um, so I think the, the bet was a $20 bet uh, on that. I'm going to double down on that. I'll do a $40 donation to uh uh, food bank RGV. If anyone else wants to sort of contribute to this, feel free to do so. Um, we'll send out the information on uh, our socials to let you know if you want to also donate as just sort of a gesture. Edson's been a, Edson and uh, uh, the Down to the Valley team has been really, uh, Jacob, uh, they've been really great and they've been really good friends of our show since the early days when it was just me and Dylan trying to figure this thing out. So uh, definitely want to uh, show the love and it was a great friendly bet. Um, with that said, can't rest, can't sleep, can't, uh, you know, forget about things. And I, I'm, I'm thinking like, what, 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 what better thing to do than go on and let's, uh, do another road match, right. Uh, coming up this weekend. And this one's an even uh, another maybe difficult road match as far as the transportation aspect of things go. Um, Orange County is going to be going out to, uh, is it Luton or Loudon? It's Loudon. Who knows the proper way? Loudon. Loudon United FC. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all know y'all are better at the history of things, right? Was is Loudon was originally a two team and now they're sort of their own thing, or is that something different? Yes, they used to be the team for DC United. Okay. So uh sort of uh, uh an interesting fact there. I have no idea how Loudon's doing. I haven't even looked at the standings, so I'm going to just let Dylan. Dylan is the expert of all things uh, Loudon United. So, uh, Dylan, let us know. What's going on with Loudon? Uh, it's it's a hard thing when you have to go through uh, Dulles International Airport. Um, Wayne Rooney famously, I believe, was arrested in that airport for being absolutely obliterated at 8 in the morning. To be fair, if I was there, I also would probably um, be incredibly drunk and incredibly uh mean i'll go with that term um in all seriousness they've played 20 matches we've played 19 and they've got 19 points from that so we're actually equal on wins uh whereas we have figured out how to draw and they have not um this feels like it's going to be something of an even matchup I felt like I was really high on us because we were on a good run. And just after this result, I kind of looked back at the results and went, oh, my God, we're still second last in our division. That being said, if we played in the East, we'd be in seventh right now. 
that's just how bad that entire conference is. So there's there's points to be had here. I don't think this is a game where we say, oh, well, we're traveling to the East Coast, and oh, well, we're, we're not great, and we just lost, and we're going to lose. I think this is a game where we can get points. Um, I'm curious to see how Segra Field impacts this one. Um, that is, it is turf. It is a swamp in the, the middle of July. There's going to be an element of weird stuff to this but i still think orange county has the quality to come away with three points yeah it's one of those interesting matches uh and, and when you look at the standings between the east and the west yeah i like that and if you look at the um western conference standings for orange county they're still just three points out of eighth place and now obviously the goal differential comes into play when you look at that as well but um being second from the bottom but still having you know a really good opportunity. If you could just go on a nice little run again of three or four good matches, I mean, you're moving back up into uh, playoff contention. And as we've talked about in the, uh, before, you get into the playoff uh, slots. It's a whole new game once the playoffs start. Um, yeah, uh, Brad, what do you know about Loudon? Um, so actually, a decent little bit. So uh, you know, I haven't talked to him in quite a while, but uh, Doug Raftery. Uh, the former GM of Reno is the uh, GM up in Loudoun. And you got to get to see a little bit of uh, his DNA in the team. Um, they are fighting um, a lot better than they did last year. Um, and I think they've been doing it quite on a budget, too, from what I understand. And it's just interesting seeing uh, this is a team last year was the bottom of the bottom. And they're kind of actually doing a little bit better now. I couldn't tell you much about their actual players. And that's about it. There we go. Uh, I, I honestly wish that we had more knowledge uh, on our opponent, but this is one of those things, again, especially it's new to us in the USL and as a podcast is you didn't really play against the Eastern Conference teams much uh, in the past. So there wasn't this like need to know about every single team out there or watch all those matches. Uh, so I apologize if you were looking for some really good in-depth analysis of our opponent for this. Uh, but, um, and that's another thing with this too, right? Is, is the fact that, uh, there's so many teams in this league, it's just difficult to keep up um, with a lot of it, um, which is difficult. Dylan, what do you have to add to our match? Who, who needs to step up for orange County, uh, in this next upcoming match, uh, to get to secure the three points? Um, Ocean Dina, but uh, this is like a respectfully needs to step up. I would just like to see him end up on the score sheet um we'll get an assist we're, we're close uh, i think the same could be said for uh, mcnulty there's just there a was... level of things not quite ticking here um but we're really close so uh, i'm gonna ask this question dylan uh because um and i'll ask you brad as well because i, I think there was some uh sort of maybe complaints about mcnulty recently about he's not getting on the you know get, not getting goals hitting the back of the net uh, and, and I know, I, I believe it was our very own Taylor was sort of chiming in and saying, well, he's playing smart. He's not just shooting just to shoot. Um, he's making the passes if that's the better play. Uh, do you have any concerns with McNulty's performance? And I'm going to ask both of you on this so far uh, this season. Is there any concerns or are you satisfied with what we've seen out of him so far? And does it are you encouraged for what will continue to happen with him in the roster and in the lineup and not being dropped? Uh, go Brad first since we haven't heard from you, uh, Dylan. Last yeah, time. Um, so. I guess my concerns for McNulty really just extends out to he hasn't 
converted any of his chances. Other than that, he's been a vital part of this team elsewhere on the pitch. Uh, he's definitely creating opportunities. He's he's doing really good with hold-up play and dispersing the ball. Uh, you'd love to see a goal, too, but I don't think that's necessarily the game that he needs to play right now for the team to be successful. If that makes sense. And and they said it on the broadcast this past match. Milan has like 50-something shots taken. Uh, the next closest is Sparky with like 15 14. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Some, something low. So that's how that's how Orange County always plays. It's Milan Olaski first and then the rest of the team second. Dylan, uh, is, is this more of a Milan's team? basically hogging all the shots and McNulty maybe is not um, trying to force shots. He's trying to play within a system or um, is this maybe that uh, uh, McNulty maybe was uh, overvalued coming into this roster and we're looking at is maybe we expected more out of someone coming with, you know, very recent experience in the Scottish premiership. Uh, what what are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, it does. And, and I guess the big question, does McNulty maybe need to, be benched for a few matches until he gets back into maybe a more positive form. There's a lot to take in here. First off, this was his first 90 minutes of the whole season. Uh, he didn't actually play in six matches at all. Uh, and then usually somewhere between 14 and 45 minutes is what he manages. Um, so two assists. Um, let's every year we bring in a, a player in his early thirties. Um, who is, is supposed to set the league alight. Usually they've not had such a great time. They've had a little bit of time away from the game or they just haven't been playing. Um, last year was Kubo Torres, who, yeah, he put nine in the back of the net, but uh, most of those are penalties and they weren't even that good. Um, he had to get fit. I think we're just now seeing someone who's rounding into fitness. So I think this is, hey, he doesn't actually play all that much, so we can't ex- expect him to score three goals a game um and he did spend six months out of the game after last playing for and i know it's not as sexy because it wasn't a team that wears orange but redding who no disrespect to blaine here aren't exactly great and were relegated to league one this year um so i think this this is a person who's rounding into fitness into match fitness is playing in a new league and a new system uh and a new country for the first time it's going to take some time and He's getting there. Uh, he seems to be a little more technically gifted than the players that we normally get at this level um, in this kind of situation where we're bringing like an experienced attacker from abroad. He seems better than the last few options we've done uh, in this regard. So I think it'll be there. Hopefully it's there before the end of the season because, um, you know, who knows how long he's going to stick around for. So apparently we can we can quote Dylan that uh, McNulty is better than say a, a marketing um, a player that we're bringing in sort of at the later stages of their career from Europe. I, I think this and I think I've talked about this in the past, right? Is this sort of makes a nice argument that maybe a lot of these decent Europeans coming over are thinking it's going to be sort of an easier transition. And there's a lot of things about the USL and about American soccer. That's very difficult. Um, One of the big things is just sort of the vast space that you need to travel to get between matches, Um, the uh, multiple uh, climate areas that you have to play in. So I, I, I would assume McNulty hasn't really played in a environment that he just played in 
in uh, southern Texas with really horrible humidity and heat and and you know all that stuff. So, uh, and, and that maybe is where we can look at maybe in an off season episode we could talk about like is it more value in bringing in some of these experienced European players or is there more value in bringing in um, players that are familiar with USL or with US soccer um, that maybe don't have to take uh, the time to adapt to uh, what you have to adapt to here in the US. Brad. I need we'll to talk about that. That was a little rambly. I can <laughs> answer that. You. No, no, no. That, I'm saying that's sort of a, a, a off-season topic. Unless, Dylan, you want to throw something really quick on that. Oh, I can answer that. Yeah, we're a team that supposedly is trying to win championships every year, and unfortunately you do need players who are experienced and players who uh, have won things. McNulty has won, I think it's two trophies in his career. He's got plenty of experience. He is 30. Uh, the flip side of that is um, I can't. I don't see him at training. I can't speak to his professionalism. But generally, if you have a team full of 19-year-olds, who is teaching them what to do? In the past, this has been Michael Roscoe um, kind of pulling players to say, hey, this is how you be a professional. Follow my lead follow my direction, providing that. Um, obviously, Michael Roscoe is not here. Daniel Peterson, not here. I'm trying to think of the other big names we lost. Robbie Kiernan, no longer here. Kevin Alston, not here. We've lost a Harry whole Forster. host of... Uh, look, I'm not going to... I did see him in training, and I would not necessarily qualify that as um, what I would do if I was really trying to make it as a 19-year-old. Um what I would classify that as, as I'm in my late twenties, I've had a career and, uh, how about this weather? Um, so yeah, you need those experience pieces. We've had a lot of departures. I, I assume he's probably putting it in training cause he, he, he spent time away from the game and, and worked his way into fitness and, uh, God willing is, um, you know, his next shot away from putting one in the back of the net. All right, let's do this. We got to do our score predictions for this match against uh, Loudoun United. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Brad. Score prediction. Who's scoring first for Orange County? By the oh. way, everyone, make sure you get those in for this week so Brad doesn't have to stress about missing a million um, predictions. Um, oh, that's a really rough guess. Um, I'm going to say 1-1 one, one draw, uh, kind of similar a la the – Hartford game that we had at the beginning of the season. As for first goal scorer, let's just go with a safe guess and say Milan. Perfect. Dylan. I pulled a Brad for a second. Um, I'm going <laughs> 2 0 Orange County. I really don't think Loudon is that good offensively. Um, there's, there's no point in betting against Milan. So Milan scores first. There we go. I'm going to go 3-0 Orange County just because me and Dylan are tied, I believe, on the standing, so I need to do something a little different from him. Um, Brad looks a little confused on that. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I saw the wrong thing. I think you're um, ahead of me, but also wouldn't you bet with a more safe bet than a blowout? No, I like to go crazy. You know that. Hey, that, you should at least be fair. happy that I'm not doing my traditional um, good luck charm thing here. But you I'll know, go 3-0 Orange week. County. And the goal score... Now let me ask you this, Brad. Can I get bonus points if I say this? McNulty's going to score one of those long shots he's been attempting. There's been two times he's attempted a really long shot from like, you know, sort of like that Wayne Rooney-esque shot from midfield, 
Will you give me an extra couple bonus points if he scores one of those in this match and I call him as the first goal scorer? Um, mm, Dylan's saying I, no, but Brad's the 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 ruler of this game. Yeah, no, no. Let, let me let me. Thank I'm gonna you, pull this out to. I'm gonna pull this out. We'll put this on socials and I'll ask people. Hey, are you on Team Ray? If McNulty can score one of those amazing half uh, half field shots, will you give me a couple bonus points on this? Let me know what you think, everybody. Um. I think and, I, and as the supreme ruler, as a supreme ruler of this podcast, I will overrule Brad anyways. I think as we determined, it's it's really more mine Taylor Taylor's podcast no, and a little bit less no, no, yours. No. That's if you guys are gonna defect. That's if you guys are gonna defect and go try and uh you know create your own podcast. But there may be a war for that, just so you know. I, I I'm not gonna let it go easily. You you guys you guys have a 10-year contract with the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I'm not going to let you out of it that easily. Is that a threat? Yeah, I'm not Man, sure certainly there is something the... else we should be talking about, right? <laughs> what, what is it, Dylan? Let us know. What, what should we be talking about? I don't, I don't know. While looking at the USL matches that are coming up, I did see that Hartford is playing Las Vegas. And those are the two worst teams in the league. Um, really quickly, well, do we think that's going to be an absolute slugfest, or is it going to be a nil-nil draw? Where's the match? Does it even matter? Yeah, it does. All right, hold on. Let me find it for you. Oh, you make me work so hard for everything. While Dylan's looking that up, Brad, have you put in your, your order for the gnarly kit? No, um, I spent my money elsewhere, like uh, being able to hang up my lovely scarf wall behind me and um, the scarves on it. Um I like the concept. I'm not the audience for it. What about you, Dylan? Did you did you put in your order for the gnarly kit? Hey, man, if I could afford that gnarly kit, you think I would have walls that look like this? The gnarly kit is cheaper than the regular kit, though. It's only 60 bucks as opposed to like 100 bucks for the regular kit. You notice how there's not like a bunch of kits adorning my walls? You think I can? Again, you think? It, you know, if you, had, if you got all those kits you have, you could cover up all those patches, uh, Dylan. Uh, there's not enough kits in the world. Uh, they're playing in Vegas, and again, I say to you, does it matter where they're playing? Uh, then Hartford wins. Um, and then uh, I'll say this with uh, Russell. I, I I love you know. Hey, Brad, you got to look at Russell. He's he's one of our weekly listeners and viewers, and he says give Ray what he wants. So I I think if if McNulty scores one of those half field shots this match. Um, and I've picked him as my first goal scorer. I think I should get like a bonus 20 points for this, for the, for the playing for pride or not playing for pride, a uh, prediction, uh, game. Um, I'll ask this producer, Andy, you could throw it in our chats. If you want, did you order the, uh, the gnarly kit? I, I want to know, because I know we were like sort of actually a little excited about this kit a couple, a few weeks ago when this was like the, the fake launch of a new kit. Uh, and you have it all wrong. I need to put in my order. I think it's because you weren't here. We were all excited about the tattoo. No, the, the tattoo, tattoo we were at. excited about. But I think uh, I think there was actually some people, uh, and we talked about it on our show, and we talked about it with Dan. I think that's one of the reasons why he maybe opened it up, because we, we shared a little bit of excitement about the, the gnarly kit. I thought it actually was a really neat, neat look. Um, but yeah. Cool. Well, let us know in the in socials. Uh, if you uh, are ordering that gnarly kit, uh, apparently they need what twenty five orders 
to get the run going. And I believe it's still like the 15th to order. So it's still a few days to do so. Um, Let's do this. Look at this, man. It's only not even 40 minutes into our show and re we're ready for random thoughts. So that means we could do 20 minutes worth of random thoughts, right, gentlemen? Absolutely not. Um, here, here's I, I'm instead of a random thought, I'm going to do a random question to you guys. Come the start of the Premier League season, is Harry Kane wearing a Spurs shirt? Dylan. Wow, we have talked absolute dross this whole show, and then you still had to bring that up. Um, hey, the USL is pushing this one pretty hard. The Women's World Cup is coming up. We're a pretty big fan of. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm a pretty big fan of women. Um, and and women's sports and women women's equality maybe we could even go so far as to say that now that they're being paid, uh, you can you can do a bracket challenge and you might and I'm gonna say this based on some other people's experiences you might win a TV or some cleats, uh, probably not anything from Konami if I had to guess. Someone hit the rim shot for that, please. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you can you can. You can do this. It's presented by the USL Super League, which is which is starting soon. Um, so you could do that instead of wondering what some random dude in England's going to do. So I take it that's a yes from Dylan. Brad, is Harry Kane going to be starting the season with uh, Tottenham? I mean, I don't care. <laughs> okay, another a question great for answer. you, Brad. Is Delhi Ellie going to be starting with Everton uh, at the start of the Premier League season? Very unlikely. Um, if we're right, honest about analysis. the whole situation there, Everton have not signed a player yet. And the rumor is they're going to sign a player whose last name is Young, but anything but. Okay. There we go. What's your this random is... thought, Brad? Uh, my random thought is uh, yesterday I drove by the newest tourist attraction in Vegas. And let me just say it is absolutely massive uh if you don't know what i'm talking about i'm talking about the uh new sphere uh it is a giant building um that you could fit the you could fit the um statue of liberty in it is absolutely worth the price of admission and if you haven't seen it yet um go look it up it is quite a spectacular sight there we go. Um, let's do this. You know what? It's uh, no guests on this episode. It's just the three of us. How about uh, I give you all a, an early, uh, a early, I guess, uh, clock out time from the podcast and all of you listeners too. Uh, you don't have to listen to a bunch of stuff for another. Oh, Dylan, what's go Why you look confused about this? I feel like I'm at work right now. Well, I'm letting like you, you clock out early. You guys are getting paid. I wish. Dylan, you get paid in moments. Like I these. think it's bewilderment or, or uh, laughs as you mix metaphors or say things That's like cool. watering station. Yeah, watering station. Um, really quick, one last question for you. This is not soccer related. Who's winning the all-star game for baseball? Dylan. Um... Yeah, that's my official answer. Okay, Brad. Uh, the groundskeepers, because they're the only ones who truly matter in a sport where watching grass grow is important. 
Hey, 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 pitch clock or something. It's faster now. Hey, uh, if you want less of this, um, just go ahead and, and leave now. And know where you can find us this weekend, which would be the Harp Inn in, in Costa Mesa. Uh, we'll be watching there. We might be having some beers there. Are you going to be there, Dylan? Because I think the, the team is doing something at, at, at Brewery X, aren't they? Oh, is this the wrong week for me to pitch? Yep. I think it is. That's my bad. Hey, Brewery X or the Harp, whichever one's closer to you. If you're a 405 <laughs> baby like yours truly, uh, you could probably find your way to the Harp. If you're a local brewery person, um, you should probably find your way to Brewery X. And then you can play a round of golf at Camelot after drunkenly. So there's like, like the, there's the OCSC official watch party. And I guess the CLC watch party. Is that what we're going to say? These two different watch parties? I don't know. I, I'm going to say the CLC is, is going to probably be at the Harp. And the Harp is, it's a good play. You know, we, we stand outside. It's great. Um, also, to answer what Matt said, yes, I think the Ale has won like the last, all of them. Yes. So my guess would be Ale for this. This is such a nonsense podcast. If there's anyone <laughs> still listening, I cannot believe this. Uh, certainly we should be done. If, 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 if no one has learned at this point, there Hashtag are times wow. that this is a nonsense podcast but we will wrap things up here uh, i want to thank anyone that is actually still listening to this whether it's live or in the recorded form um you know listening to us at this point thank you for doing so we appreciate it uh we will try to do have more information about our opponents next week who who is it we'll be playing next week that we have to learn about we have to learn about memphis so let's all learn about that um as we wait to get there are you okay, Brad? Are you? I'm just, are you, just okay I'm still in here. Point? I'm just a producer. Andy, roll the credits, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching the or listening. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are out. Oh.